0: Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales.
1: Rupert, what are you thinking
0: of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. No, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yeah, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer! You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining.
2: Homer, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists.
3: You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of
2: dumbing myself down for you.
3: From Spain and two from Japan, I
2: got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan, I got a planet from Poland, but none from Sudan, or from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Live from the floor of the Kellerher Auctions, which is unfortunate because the auction was last week. Uh, this is the award-winning Stamp Show here today, episode number something because we lost track and we missed an episode, so I'll figure it out later. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a not profit 501 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark.
1: This is Albert.
2: And Becca is in Prague today, so she isn't here. However, we do have a special guest who we will introduce in a moment. Uh, but first, a shout out to John and Vanessa who stopped by last Saturday, big uh, fans of the show. Uh, very, very happy to see you. Well, Becca is in Prague, and she shared a little piece of information with me that Kashmir in Slavic means peacebreaker. Huh. So that happened.
1: Yeah, my uh, name in Slavic means
2: regummed. <laughs> Well today we have a regular to the show David Kugel of Kelleher Auctions Uh, For those of you who haven't heard his intro for the last 10 times And below that he actually had an outro with an advertisement and everything He's a supporter of the show Um, But for those who uh, are new to the show David, why don't you give a a quick intro again?
3: Uh, so we uh, we operate Daniel F. Kelleher auctions out of Danbury, Connecticut, um, an international auction house. Uh, we We sell better individual singles and sets in our flagship series sale. We have single owner sales like the one we're going to talk about later today, the Crimson sale. We have a quarterly and I believe the only company that has a dedicated quarterly collection stock and accumulation sale. The next one is shaping up nicely with a lot of Lang's uh, stock and private holdings material on August 6th and 7th, and we uh, will be restarting our weekly Sunday 9pm internet sales as soon as our uh, software conversion has been completed. We are not wanting to use you as the guinea pig for testing purposes, so we're <laughs> going for all that for you. So. You may miss us for a few weeks or months there, but we will be back and better. We're using uh, Stamp Auction Network, uh, Tom Drogi AMS software, which will uh, hopefully enhance the client experience and allow you to to follow your collecting endeavors wherever they take you.
2: Yeah, I I re-signed up for Stamp Auction Network. I couldn't remember my old password, so I had to log in again. And then just ask all the auction companies if I can bid again.
3: Uh, Excellent. That's a, that's a good way to do it. Yep. So, the, uh, the one, crim- one last thing there's a, there's a little known feature on our site, kelleherauctions.com. We call it value search, where you can actually search the Kelleher archives for every stamp or cover we have sold. And it's a a tremendous resource. There are other searches available if you're looking for just rare stamps, but tell it or sell stamps from, you know, $25 up to, you know, 100,000 or so. And uh, you can find all those on value search at our website, something useful, that is a pretty good secret, which we should let everyone know about.
2: You brought up a really good comment right there, which comes up all the time when I'm talking with people. Um, There is a certain value which you have to hit to be in an auction. I mean, you're not going to auction off $10 items, obviously. And that number is kind of significant. What's kind of the minimum value of a lot that you would put inside of your normal sale and then how much better does it have to be in your flagship sale
3: So our weekly online sales, you know, we're looking at total value for consignments for about 5,000 and up, but but we certainly service uh, regular clients for lesser values. So, you know, if you've got a few duplicates and you buy from Keller and you're a known entity with us, Um, We're going to work hard to still perform those services for you even though it's kind of a lost leader for us. At 5,000, you know, uh, total values sold, we kind of start to break even or make some money based upon the amount of resource effort to go into setting up a consignment, uh, describing it, imaging it, presenting it on, all, on the sites around the world, you know, producing catalogs, mailing catalogs, the whole, everything we do, the Google AdWords that we buy behind that, uh, a lot of marketing behind that, the magazine, et cetera. But uh, really, uh, just, you know, adds up to a lot of uh, cost, but provides quite a nice uh, return on bidding
2: in the sense of uh, prices. Oh, I, so I absolutely understand that. I agree 100%. Uh, it's just that, like, people will come in and say, well, you know, I have this stamp that's worth $75. What auction should I put it in? And I go, you know, You're for us, Yeah. eBay. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah eBay is going to be your best bet for something
0: like that.
2: So why was this last, we're going to discuss your last auction, which was a big named auction. It was called the Crimson Sale. Why was it called the Crimson Sale?
3: Well, you know, there are different types of clients. A uh, stamp clients can be more like coin guys sometimes and have the big flashy ego and they want to have their name up in the lights and, Get all the recognition of what they did over a period of time. Uh, some clients are private people and they prefer to remain anonymous, so we use a, a pseudonym, an act, you know, something that suits the, the client. Perhaps in this instance, the Crimson Collection refers to um, a state that the, that the that the collector lived in. So, if you do a little bit of research, you'll find out what that means. And the Crimson Red. It was used throughout the marketing and and the catalog um, was also from that particular state. Also on the front cover and on the interior pages and marketing materials is the Camilla flower, which is also the state flower of the resident state. So it's kind of like saying it's your collection without putting John Smith's name right up there uh, in the limelight. And and there's a lot of reasons. People just, you know, some people don't want to. You recognize they just want to be anonymous and for various reasons. So, you know, it, it is a name sale without a name. Yeah. Na- although the name is Crimson, uh, it's, it's uh, you know I think it evokes the, uh, the the spirit and the uh, accomplishment that the collector made over a very short period of time. Actually, he put all that together in about three and a half years. Three years. Wow.
2: And there's going to be a lot of people who do not know of Kelleher auctions and do not know of the sale. But this sale, it was not an auction. It wasn't a catalog. It was a bound book in a dust cover. It was really, really.
3: 404 pages.
2: It was an incredible. it, it, It was made to be a permanent fixture in any philatelic library. So, and,
3: you know, we do that from time to time for clients that request it. In this case, the client is a personal friend. And uh, the collection kind of uh, screamed to have this sort of presentation. And I think it, it the results speak for themselves and, and, you know, warranted the effort put forth and, and, and you know, rewarded, uh, rewarded uh, us and the client uh, appropriately.
2: So what... Wh- if you would summarize the collection, I mean, like Zoller was every stamp and, you know, Gross was his thing. How would you characterize this auction that you had?
3: Uh, the, the, the content of the auction, uh, you know, the client, you know, didn't have every single stamp. Again, he was only at it for about three years. So had he had another five or ten years, he probably would have acquired every stamp. But, uh, but Probably is it, not. Is it? <laughs> His interest kind of waned from stamps and he got involved in some other business transactions and other personal interests and decided that the market was approaching an apex and thought it was a good time for him to get out, oh. uh, which, is a, which is, I think, what the decision was. Although you could say, hey, he bought a new house, he used the money for that. That's also true. I'm not sure he used the money for that, but, you know, that's another thing you could say Replacing values within. But, you know, the, the client really enjoyed uh, scouring through various auction dealer stocks, et cetera, to acquire uh, what he felt were advantageous purchases of stamps of good quality. And, you know, through that experience, you know, he, he ran through a little bit of a minefield because some of the trading you do on eBay and other places sometimes. Uh, if you don't have the experience behind you or the right person behind you, you can make some poor decisions and, and there were certainly plenty of that. But overall, I'd say that uh, the client was uh, very, very rewarded by the experience. and the prices, uh, we can get into a little bit more detail. I think we're overall strong as with any auction, I tell clients, you're gonna find you know twenty percent of your of the material sells at prices. So high you couldn't estimate it. A Buffalo balloon mail stamp C L one brought, you know, twenty four thousand hammers, so you know, twenty eight thousand eight hundred with the tip. Uh record price I think for that for that stamp. Um then there were other stamps that brought, you know, prices we say, gosh, I, I should have bid on that. So, you know, usually twenty percent brings more, twenty percent brings less and the rest of the 60% kind of falls in your target range. And I, I think this was a good example of that uh, with things falling uh, you know, into the target range. Uh, the uh, reporting that I saw, we had uh, a very high sell-through rate. I think there was about 50 or so lots of the 1,900 and – how many was it? 1,951 lots that did not sell at the uh, opening price. Um, Hold on. How sorry, many? Sorry, 12- 1,200. Uh, Twelve hundred and fifty lots. Sorry, about fifty of them. So, you know, they open at fifty percent of the low estimate and passed. They'll be reoffered at, at a later date at a, at a different price structure.
2: And that's um, a pretty good sale through.
3: Now, the, our, our Keller sell through runs about ninety-three uh, percent when we're uh, selling flagship or or, or uh, single type stamps and sets. Collection sales even higher we run about ninety six percent ninety seven percent. So our our sell-through rate is very high We we really work hard to produce what we believe to be accurate estimates that people can trust and Follow and I think that follows through with the realizations, you know, we're not putting down you know a hundred dollars to get a thousand because it's worth more and we can say oh Look, we got ten times our estimate. We, if it's worth a thousand, we're putting a thousand, and it brings nine hundred to twelve hundred, and you're in your range and you're happy. And you know, we work particularly hard to do that. Uh, It's certainly uh, not easy, and it's a resource that is waning. There aren't many people that have the uh, wherewithal to do that. We're we're very pleased to still be able to do that and continue to do that uh, for clients
1: well of the couple of stamps that i bought from the crimson sale he can uh buy a couple
2: of bar stools for his new
1: house <laughs>
2: good. good yeah i i actually got shut out I, but i was i was only bidding on a couple of specific items but i uh, i guess uh i need to raise my my expectations of what i'm going to be paying uh what's ho- so Overall, your opinion of the auction, and and why why don't we go ahead and go with the entire market? What right now is the hot so, area?
3: So you know everybody's looking for high graded, high quality, pretty stamps. Uh, you know the commemoratives and Washington Franklin head era seem to do exceedingly well. Uh, the revenue stamps did tremendously. I think it's one of the first uh you know key revenue sales that had material available in some time so there was quite a bit of activity in that segment um probably the revenues were the best and then i would say that you know the the pretty uh pretty quality stamps and then the um you know the 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 more expensive higher grade stamps uh did sell Uh, i think uh this this sale and the subsequent uh, rarity sale that took place, it shows a little bit of the uh, of people getting back out and not being completely glued to the home and their collections. I think we see a little bit of softening on some of the top end pieces and uh, the middle of the road stuff did sell very well and the lower price stuff did exceedingly well. I mean, you know, to have a catalog like that and be able to buy something for a few hundred bucks. I don't know of any other firm that does that and gives collectors the opportunity at that level to engage. So those things did extraordinarily well. Um, Probably 50% to double what they might have fetched in a balance lot. And again, that's another service we provide the clients to try to eke out the very best price for them when we're selling them. And, you know, usually it works. Uh, The the market is still very strong. I think the velocity of COVID-19. Collecting hype and hysteria will continue well into next year. But, again, I think if you look around the market, you'll see there is a slight top-end softening of, of some items.
1: Did, uh, was there a lot of people that came to the actual auction at the show floor? Um, because I, I was listening in on the auction on Stamp Auction Network um, and, and bidding that way. But, uh, but I thought I heard you uh, call some uh, bids from the, from the floor.
3: So we had uh, we had uh, intermittent bidders coming in uh, from from various times. I'd say five or six was the most we had at any one time um, in the in the room. We had an agent that came that represented I don't know 40, 30 or forty or so clients. I forget where the FM number stopped and the C numbers began, but um, a lot of phone bidding. I would say with over. I think it was over 1,100 or 1,200 registered Stamp Box Network Live bidding clients. That, that was by far the uh, most, the, the method of engagement. Uh, the clients that like to come and visit with us and are, are, you know, that enjoy coming up to Connecticut and doing that came, many of them came and it was nice to see them again. And I think we're gonna see more of that. I think you're gonna see more in-person interaction. I think our upcoming collection sale we're preparing to have uh, extensive viewing because it's a very important sale with a lot of material, and I think we're going to see that there's going to be quite a bit of activity in person where people want to come and look at the lots and uh, bid. So we're we're gearing up gearing up for that. But I think I think people are out again. I think uh, you know from what I've seen uh, with the vaccination rate pretty high, uh, people seem to be not so concerned about traveling. I was. In the summers, I spend a lot of time up in Cape Cod in Chatham, Massachusetts. And I got to tell you, I, you know, I don't go there in July and August because normally that's the zoo. I was there in May and June for a lot of it, and it was as if it were July in May and June because as soon as people could travel, they were traveling. And, you know, uh, we've, we've seen the COVID price bump in not only collectibles. You know, home prices have gone up, I think, almost 24%. On the median price range Um, it's it's affected a lot of things and and it'll be interesting to see how that over time shakes out we have a lot of new collectors and from talking with the APS I I heard that quite a few of them are younger younger being like 30s and and younger (laughs) not not 50s and younger so um, those are all good signs I think I think we have a lot of good uh, good things to look forward to
1: do you anticipate any kind of um, movement toward what we saw in the in the late seventies with uh, with inflation?
3: Well, so now we have we have the potential. You know, I, I've been saying for a while everything I buy costs more. but We don't have inflation; it's kind of odd. Um, I think we have to figure out with what what truly the inflation rate is because you have a lot of supply side issues caused by the pandemic that will shake themselves up. And, I think there's definite inflation, and I think one of the reasons people are buying stamps is because it's a a diversification for their portfolio. Um, You know, you probably heard that the C3A inverted block was sold to a gentleman that uh, invests in those sorts of things and donates them or shares them with museums. Um, I think uh, Stanley Gibbons bought the Penny Magenta and they're selling investment shares in it. So, you know, I think that whole investment thing is coming around again, which which really, I hope uh, it, it's done on the basis of having the PSE, you know, grading and certifying the stamps so when, when collectors buy them, they know that they're getting true market value for them. So when they go to sell them, they have the opportunity to, to increase the upside potential of it. Um, but I, I think it's gonna, you know, we're going to get back to where we were uh, over the next couple of years. And it, it, it may not be as rosy a picture, but it's certainly this, I believe has extended that extent, ex, ex, pretty extensively. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see and track this as it, you know, as it rolls out. We had a, about an 18% increase in, uh, in, in number of participants in our sales year on year. And about a twenty, almost twenty percent increase in prices. So those are pretty significant numbers in a hobby that was previously said to be, you know, dying and on the way out. So <laughs> all those, all those things are very positive, and I and I think they're going to continue to to build. I don't think they're just going to go away.
2: Well, I have a question. Um, I'm putting on my economist hat. There is no way that you put 6.2 billion, Trillion dollars into the economy, and don't cause inflation. I just don't think that's possible. The amount of inflation you can argue about, but it's going. There's going to be some inflation. Well, back in the '80s, there was a stamp boom because of it. What was going on? What did people buy then? That they can sort of look at now and say, "I can buy these now. If there's inflation, then I'm going to make a bunch of money. If there's not inflation, I've got some nice stamps." What? Right. Um, what would you I, suggest?
3: I, I think. I think the um, it was a different environment because you could put these collectibles into your IRAs and and and, and retirement plans which w- was what a lot of people were doing uh, on a great scale, and I think that basically uh, moved the, uh, the needle up a little bit further than you might see with, with people with inflation-minded things. I think in today's marketplace, I would say you don't want to invest in highly speculative things like in, in those 80s, 70s, and 80s, like you know, Zeppelin sets and C-18s, and you know, things that are available in fairly strong quantities. You may want to focus your efforts on higher-quality, graded United States stamps because those seem to hold an increase in value quite a bit. And, you know, again, that PSE uh, grade seems to be the gold standard in, uh, in philately and would be a great starting point uh, for someone wanting to get into us without having to invest a lot of time and knowledge base to try to get up to speed on it. And, least know what they're buying is what they're getting
2: well being here at pse we appreciate the kind words um here's my opinion yeah here's my opinion is when people invest they want to invest in a standardized thing because they want to figure out how much it's worth and so when investing looks at uh, i remember uh back they were selling and you brought up the zeppelins nicest known zeppelin set superb zeppelin set stuff like that and they went for very very high dollar amounts but they didn't have anything really to confirm that they were superb and things like that coin grading came out of that and they said okay this really truly is you know this is a grade 70 and coins only go up to a grade 70 so grade 70 is perfect This is a grade 70, bit appropriately. I think that uh, when the inflation occurred, there were people who bought really super nice stuff and then found out that, like, out of your ZEP set, one of them was actually lightly hinged. And it dramatically affected the market. Now you sort of have – and that's, you know, why I started with PSE is – this standardization of telling people, you know, we're experts. We really look at the back of this stamp and we'll catch something that you don't. And therefore, your best known C-18, um, it really is never hinged. So thank you for the kind words. Um But one of the things that we also saw back when inflation was going on is like, the dollar airlift plate blocks (laughs) it goes zooming up in value and stuff like that so there's also some things to avoid
3: oh absolutely
2: so um, do you think you brought up a really good point with the IRAs because it did make a structural change to how people invested in things do you think that that sort of thing um, if you remove it what impact does that have on the stamp market from an investment standpoint, if there is inflation? And again, I believe there is?
3: Oh yeah, I, I think it'll it'll have a positive impact. I think prices will go up. I think there's uh, if you look around the collectible space, there's already been significant increases in the uh, sports card space and the comic space. And coins haven't suffered from this either. I mean, the the twenty dollar eagle brought sixteen million, I believe. And uh, you know, all the all those things are pretty uh, pretty good indicators that people are interested in spending money on on things in this environment, with the with the sense and the fact that inflation is starting to happen.
2: By the way, I like your ringtone there.
3: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: You know, in the eighties, we, seventies, uh, and eighties, we also saw people, um, non-collectors, buying sheets from the post office, in anticipation that they'd be able to sell them later. Um, and I think it, if the same phenomenon happens today, the main difference is the sheets are smaller, the mini sheets, plus the forever stamps.
2: Yeah, forever, right. Be- so
1: even if even if you hoard them, you know, as time goes on, and the and the and the price of first class posters goes up. The value of the sheets go up.
2: So yeah, you're right. selling your forever stamps at a twenty percent discount, but inflation went up thirty percent. You're making money.
3: And yeah, I yeah, I think I think that's a, I think that's a good thing to look at, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest running out and buying mint sheets even if they are forever stamps because uh, you know the the usage of stamps is not as relative as it used to.
2: Plus, it's really super easy for the post office to say, we had a lot of inflation, you know, all those forever stamps. Now we have forever mock one stamps and your forever mock zero stamps are now worth 50 cents.
3: Probably they wouldn't do that or one would hope they wouldn't do that, but that's certainly a concern.
2: Yeah. So of all the items in the crimson sale, Which was your favorite?
3: Well, that Buffalo balloon stamp was one of my favorites even before it brought that record price. Um, I also got to say that I really enjoyed the the the, uh, couple uh, dated documentary revenue stamps. That you know there was there was one that there was this was the a new a new find of, of this was the fourth example of it. And there was uh, a couple of silver tax stamps in the same uh, category where there's you know not there was less than five or ten of them. and They just looked fabulous, you know, fifty dollar stamp, silver tax series in 1942, and realized thirty thousand
2: hammer. Yeah,
3: but that's a fun stamp, and there were there were several others like that that, that, that achieved. Um, you know, record prices, uh, or at least mar- market prices within the scope of where we are right now, you know, which is an increased marketplace. The uh, 1944 $10,000 stamp um, brought 35,000 hammer, uh, and, you know, it's uh, thought to be one of only two recorded. I think it is actually the, the third one. Um, so it's uh, stamps like that in, in the back of the book area trade so infrequently that collectors that collect that area know that when they come out they gotta buy
2: yep anything else anything you want to say in parting like uh, tell everybody to why don't you give everybody a phone number
3: hey uh, you can reach us at uh, 203-830-2500 and uh, we are standing by to assist you with buying, selling, talking about stamps, whatever whatever, uh, whatever it is. We uh, we have some stamp shows coming up that we'll be attending. Charlotte at Sharpex, July 23rd and 24th, I believe it is. Um, we will be out at Westpex with a booth. So hopefully we'll see you out there. We will be, and, and Larry will be there. Um, our Asian arm will be there with Jeffrey Schneider. Um, we uh, will also be at the uh, Great American Stamp Show in Chicago, uh, Apex, All Apex, bunch of other PEXs. If you if you go online and look at our magazine, uh, fill out a questionnaire, you can receive the print copy the next one gratis, uh, or you can see all twenty-seven of them online. I can't believe we published twenty-seven of these already. I'm thinking, wow, this is insane, but it's pretty cool, and. Um, we look forward to, uh, you know, having fun, actually. We love stamps, so although it's a business for us, we also really enjoy it.
1: I had a quick question on the website. You're, is it is it essentially a work in progress where you're still uh, making modifications to the uh, client experience?
2: Yeah, you have a couple of problems still with your website.
3: We do okay. Well, love to hear what they are. We we are we are ongoing f- finishing things. Uh, what what sort of suggestions could we have? We constructive criticism. We're very happy to assist with.
1: Well, I noticed, for example, it was very easy to log into the website and pay for my lots from the Crimson Sale, but I was unable to actually view the invoice.
3: Right. So you you need to. It's all powered by Stamp Auction Network. There's a link from our site. And because it's a new experience, it is a little bit different. So we're not. Our old site was not as secure. You're now logging in with double layers. You're logging in the Stamp Auction Network to your account. You will see your invoice there. You can add a card, which we don't get. It goes to authorize.net. You register the card, then you pay your invoice. Actually, once you've done the initial process, it's a very easy process. And in the future, you'll be able to see all your invoices, whether they're paid or not. Uh, future stuff in the future of your consignor, you'll be able to see consignments. But it's uh, it's a little different. Our old website was kind of a wild west scenario where you could just go on and do all kinds of stuff. But the the security wasn't as as good as we wanted to have. Um, we are working with Stamp Auction Network to simplify the experience. We also there's some training videos uh, to take a look at. And the number one, uh, I'd say. We've had about 12 calls regarding that registration of your first card and using it the very first time. That's one of the reasons we haven't launched the Internet sales yet because you're going to be required to register a card to bid. We're working out a much better user interface experience. So, yes, the, the, it, is, it is a work in progress, but that's actually not on our site. That's Stamp Auction Network. So we're working through that with Tom Drogi and Dave Kern. On the user experience so that it can be a little bit more friendly uh, for everybody.
1: What does hope that, stamp- I, hope
3: that, David, I hope that answers did, that for you
0: sufficiently.
1: David, what kind of what does Stamp Auction Network charge you to to run their run the sale through them? Is it a percentage? What do they charge you to to run through their system?
3: Uh, we chose. Uh, th- There's technology because it is the most current technology that is stamp-oriented. And this is phase one of a three-phase project for Keller So we're going to be enhancing that experience dramatically utilizing APIs and other more uh, readily utilized 21st century technology to allow people to engage. So we've used Stamp Auction Network because it's where the stamp collectors are um we also engage with phyllis search in germany uh stamp circuit in israel from time to time when the subject matter warrants it and other aggregators from time to time as you know we have other material. If we have coins or if we have posters or something we will go to other aggregators to utilize uh, their services as oftentimes they have a much deeper base of clients that we may not have as as uh, as stamp collectors
2: I, th- I think what he was asking is, do they charge percentages, or is it a flat fee thing or something? Just curious, because oh, yeah, no, everybody well, so joined. When they,
3: start, when they started, they wanted to be our business partner and charge a percentage, but I already have a business partner, Larry Gibson, and uh, <laughs> we didn't we didn't have room for a third partner, unless, of course, they wanted to buy in, and I, I actually used those words with Tom. I said, well, Tom... We've already got a partner. If you want to buy into the Keller, we could discuss that, but it's not, it's going to be you paying us, not us paying you. So no, we, we've negotiated a uh, licensing fee uh, for the services they provide. And uh, we're, we're very pleased with, with what we've been able to arrange with them so that we can continue to offer the level of sales that we're offering.
2: Good, good. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Keep us posted. We'll have you back on at the next sale you do and uh, ask you for market updates. The uh, people like listening to how the stamp market is doing.
3: Good. Well, I'm happy to assist and uh, really enjoy uh, what you're doing out there and, and think it's a wonderful thing and support 100% the, the efforts that you guys put into this. It's it's a lot. If you guys haven't been out there and seen the operation, anyone listening, you ought to, you ought to get out to, to there and take a look. It's really a top-notch organization, run by really fine uh, philatelists and, and downright good people. Yeah, so thanks you, a lot, guys.
2: Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, come on out. We're uh, in Las Vegas, so you know if you come to uh, Las Vegas, um, stop on by. You know we have stamp show, or stamp club meets here every Tuesday. We give people tours all the time. It's a nice, fun little place to come and spend an hour.
1: As we record this today, we're 30 days away from Westpex.
2: That is true. That is true. I don't know if I'm going to make it to Westpex. I know I'm not going to make it to Chicago. But Westpex, this will be the first Westpex that actually was going on that I will have missed. Oh, well. Anything else? We're out of here all right
0: we need your help nothing on the internet is free including our phone and internet connections so you can support the podcast by joining the stamp show here today club The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand-new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter. Oh.
2: Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could,
0: yeah.
3: Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this Silk calm was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time!
0: <laughs> you have been listening to Stamp Show Here Today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at Today at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting.
2: Dream collecting happens when we dream together.